Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition, the final edition of Crowcast Tuesday Night Live. I never thought I'd hear myself say those words, lady and gentlemen, but uh, here we are. Uh, along with me tonight is uh, Macca. How are you going, Mac? Yeah, no, I'm fiery, I'm, and I'm very happy. We've got uh, Nikki for the very last episode of Tuesday Night Live, so I can have an argument with her. <laughs> yep. And Nick, how are you going, Nick? I'm going very well. I've got the heater real close to me and I've got one rug on. One rug? God. I wish I could be getting away with one rug. And <laughs> Donk, you'd be sunning it up there in Northern Territory tonight. What would you have, like mid-20s? Oh, I look at down. Got pretty cold over the weekend. Got uh, got out got out bush and did a bit of camping down at Mataranka, which if... Uh, Anyone's been up here would have stopped into a bit of the hot pools up there, but that was a bit packed, and I was a bit worried that the uh, uh, we were definitely not being COVID nineteen safe, and I was a bit worried that the reason the wa- water was warm from the thermal pools was not necessarily the thermal energy, but maybe <laughs> about three thousand kids that have been in there. So uh, <laughs> I had a fifteen hour shower when I got home. Uh, it was all lovely. So that would be the big kids. Oh, uh, it it look. Well, I'm not going to throw throw aspirations about about any people, but uh, it was definitely it was definitely a lot of close quarters swimming, and the water was a lot muckier at three o'clock in the afternoon. Than it was at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, Let's just put it so like they that. weren't social distancing. No, <laughs> no, uh, we were like sardines in a tin. Oh well, you know, nothing like starting our final episode with some quality banter and. Uh... <laughs> Some mental images that I'd rather not have, really, Don, oh, yeah, to be I honest with you. We're, we're finishing off how we started. <laughs> yeah, but the thought of Donkey urinating in the pool was a bit much. Not than me. <laughs> that often? You oh, said bloody hell. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's straighten this up. Uh, it's uh, fantastic to be with uh, everyone tonight. We've got uh, some old classics in chat we've got Vardy and J Mac and uh Maddie and I think uh Peter um sorry PJ Crows will be along shortly um a big shout out to Peter J who couldn't make it for our last uh episode uh tonight uh he's been an integral part of Crowcast for the last five years and um yeah it's uh pretty sad uh yes Matt I think I hope YouTube's working should be working Telling me it's working. Wouldn't be a Tuesday Night Live if it was. <laughs> I was going to say, something has to go wrong. Something, something's working. No, he's right now. He's just trying to put the wind up me. Um, yeah, no, but getting back to the point, Peter Jay's been an in- integral part of uh, Crowcast Tuesday Night Live uh, since its inception. Um, and uh, it's sad that he can't be with us tonight, but uh, we... Send a special thank you to him for all his work over the last five years. Hopefully, he's listening in. Uh, Nikki, yeah, you're also he's yeah. only, really the only sane, only sane one out of us, really. Oh, <laughs> is he sane or is it just a facade, Macca? I don't know. I, I don't know. We're all, we're all insane. We're all a bit nuts, yes, I think. You don't, you don't have to be mad around to work around here, but it helps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of mad, Nikki, you're also a foundation member, uh, and it's good that you've. Made it to the end? <laughs> I started just so I could yell about Essendon being drug cheats. Yeah, that's right. Did you? Yeah, yeah, and she hasn't stopped yelling. When we started. And they've never shut you up since? No. Nope. 
Now, I've got this mute button here, and it doesn't seem to work for her. <laughs> She's good. Just for you, Macca. Uh, good on you, Nick. And, Macca, you've been with us now for what? Is this your third season, third year? Well, I, don't, I can't really remember, you know. It just seems like forever because um, I've really enjoyed Telling it. Telling me it does. I'm, Bloody hell. Uh, well, I know I give you a hard time, mate, and I, and I, and I do enjoy that actually. <laughs> but I'm I'm really sad it's coming to an end because I, I do like Tuesday Night Live because um, the the sat, uh, Sunday's quite right. They're very rigid and they got they got a format and Tuesday night we sort of we sort of go crazy. <laughs> Did you say Sunday night's no, no, rigid? No. I think the Macca, it's supposed to be you and I derail it. Jesus, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, no, seriously, Pete, I've loved it. It's good. Yeah, no, it's been fantastic. Dan Donkey, you're a uh, relative newbie. Uh, this is only yeah. your second year, isn't it? But the flavour no, that you've brought to the third. party is a third, is it? Yeah, this will be my third. I started off boundary riding a grand final year. Oh, that's right. That's right. When and, we had a couple uh, of games. And uh, was offered a full-time gig, which you've regretted ever since. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He adds a lot. I don't know what it is, but he adds something. No. Yeah. We, we just, we just <laughs> need you guys look good. We just needed another lefty on the show. That's what it is. <laughs> One more pinko. That's it. <laughs> No, seriously, um, before we get into it, and I'm sure we'll reminisce a little bit throughout the course of the evening, but uh, we do thank everyone uh, who's followed us over the last five years. 150,000 downloads we've had in that period just for this show. That's not counting the other shows that we've done. Um, If you'd have told me, Nick, when we started doing that pre-recorded thing way back when, and it was a bloody nightmare... Um, if you'd have told me that we'd have, I mean, I think we start our first few episodes had like a hundred listeners, and if we you'd have told, that was pretty good. We did actually, and uh, you know, to we've we've quite regularly peaked over a thousand listeners now, and uh, uh, you know, it's we've gone across platforms and all the rest of it. It's just it's fantastic. We've had some great interviews. We've had some interesting discussions we've had some highs and lows haven't we as crows supporters over that five years some terrible lows oh, yeah. and some almost highs um almost some <laughs> almost highs. well i mean <laughs> the the prelim win against geelong was probably the <laughs> the pinnacle we'll just pretend the season ended there yeah that's Actually, right you're right though that would be the pinnacle thing because it's been i think so you know lots of lots of lows and that was a you know, I think we all thought that, uh, and I think the players did too, that we had the flag in the bag, and, and we should have really had it in the bag. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's when we came crashing down after the pinnacle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But never mind. We're not going to dwell on that too much tonight. There is a fair bit to talk about, actually, in the world of AFL and the Adelaide Crows. Um, actual footy. Actual footy. So why don't we why don't we do the, the, the real stuff first, and then we can... Waffle on later and people can switch off if they're sick of it. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing that's happened, and it's we touched on it last week, and it, or yeah, last week, and it's just continued to blow up, and that's uh, Andrew McLeod's uh, comments, and he doubled down on them, and it got a tearful reaction from the club, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's grown it's grown some legs. Well, it has, but it's also got. 
uh, cause a fair bit of division as well uh, out in the football community um, in the sense that not every footballer supports Andrew with his comments in the sense that, um, like, you know, Kane Corn said that he wouldn't feel welcome just walking into Alberton without there being a, re- for a reason for being there. Yeah, but so, that's Kane Corns. They all hate his guts as well. He bloody nicked off halfway through a season. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't yeah, think he's but, a fair representation of the Port Adelaide Football Club. Come on, Mac. No, but I think um, I think Andrew is probably right in the sense that um, there, it would feel more like an office than a, foot, than a football club. And one of the reasons for that, of course, is we used to have uh, an area dedicated where there was, which was the trophy room, if you like. Not, there's only a couple of trophies, were big trophies, but you know, lots of photographs and lots of medallions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And as the club grew, I heard Andrew Fagan say this that they've had to take that area. Uh, over because of the number of people that they had to house. So they've actually outgrown, really, they've outgrown the premises that uh, they're in. You know, well, COVID-19 probably struck it back that they'll probably fit in nicely again. But that's one of the reasons why all that uh, paraphernalia wasn't around like it was. But I still think that it could have been handled a lot better in the sense that at least have some pictures around the place. Let's have something around the place that makes it look like a footy club and not an office. So I'm actually saying I agree with Andrew. I don't think he necessarily did it the right way, but uh, I think he's got a very good point. Don't. Yeah, they, look like... They moved a whole lot of the stuff down into... Have you had a, have you had a gender change, first, I mean, Don. that's right. Yeah, Donkey, stop trying to talking like a woman. Yeah, Nick, you've, you've stolen my thunder, Nick. I'm about to everything that's happened. Everything that's happened in the last five years is going to be condensed into that's this it. one episode, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. You can be you can be Billy Frampton. I'm going to be Carl Hogan. <laughs> um, look, the thing that concerns me is I, you know, was pretty insistent on that we had to have a review. I wanted that review to go across the whole entire club. Um, when we're calling for it, part of it was, you know, I don't think you can hive off the playing group and just say, you know, that was a bit of the problem. I kind of like they tried to do with the playing group on, on grand final day, you know, and, and just make it about the footy department. You know, the, the whole the whole thing's got to work together. And the sad part for me is that, you know, Andrew's comments sort of indicate something that I'd, I'd sort of, you know, thought might be an issue. And I know we've got old mate who's leader of leadership and culture now and, and hopefully he looks to changing some of this stuff. But um, uh, we seem to be a club without a soul sometimes. And, you know, we've, we've, have a, we've, have, we've actually got good history uh, and we've got good relevance and why we should be in the, in the competition. And we should be um, a, a, a club that's proud of what it's achieved for, for uh, Australian football and South Australian football particularly. And we don't seem to celebrate that enough. You know, there's the... Um, uh, sort of busted flush of wearing the state guernsey one time and a few other things like that. But how have we? How have we true? Um, how have we truly tried to embrace that um, yeah. more than just uh, we we stand together and fly as one and all that nineteenth man crap? Um, and not just a marketing employee, but what does that mean for us? You know, I look over at Port. And I know we all mock the creed and things like that, but when they get there and they say that, that means that they're a part of something. And what do we say to our players that are a part of something? If they feel like walking into that place is like an office block or an office building, then they don't mind changing jobs like you would an office block or an office building. And whereas if you're, if you're bleeding for the jumper and you're bleeding for the guys that you're playing with and you're bleeding for your fans in a certain way, 
making those decisions to walk away from that club become a lot harder. So, you know, I think I think it's uh, a, a massive faux pas to completely dismiss his comments. He might not have gone about it the right way, but, you know, I don't, he might not have even really meant to sue it, say it. He was just sort of saying something on a... On a uh, on a podcast and probably didn't really think it through. Like he's not, you know, he's not a media. Well, he did double down. He did double down. Oh no, he hasn't backed well, off. Well, and this no, but what I was going to say was he might not have meant to say it, as in, you know, it meant for it to blow up and do all those things. But he didn't need to. He didn't need to. Well, he he would have been the type of bloke that's uh, fairly principled. And just because there was a bit of public pressure didn't mean he had to change what he was saying. He didn't, yep. You know, he wasn't lying when he said it. And so he didn't have to run away from it. Yep. Um, and, you know, and I th- hope now that, you know, some people actually have a bit of a look at this. Like, you know, when one of the guys that, you know, is the absolute, um, has a place in probably every Adelaide Crows supporter's heart, um, comes out and says that I don't think that these guys understand what it means to be the Crows or, you know, they, they're not helping us, the club, understand what it means to be the Crows, then, you know, that's something has got to be listened to. And and Rue and those guys need to have a look and go, you know, what are we doing here? Nick, here, oh, it's time well, to sack Chapman. Well, I know. I think well said, Don. I think you really covered it very well. Um, we've got – well, we had a review and – Everything got reshuffled in the club and changed in the club uh, except for certain constants. And those constants, of course, were the non-playing aspect of the club. And probably that's where a lot of our problems originate from. Um, I have no doubt that Chappie's a very good businessman, but he has no warmth about him at all. Um, You've got Andrew Fagan, who I think is a very good money man, but no warmth about him. And and, and certainly Fags doesn't. He doesn't exude anything about football, you know, and he, that, that's my one criticism of him. So I can understand what, what Andrew's actually saying in the sense that if he's going in there just to drop in type of thing, these are, and there's nothing there to look, make it look like a football club and you, you've got somebody like Andrew Fagan who's not really a football man anyhow, um, and he's actually made that statement. Um, I, there, yeah, look, the, the, we've, the three constants, I think, that... Uh, have been always, always there when we've had problems. This Chappie and uh, Rue and uh, Fagan, and you could, I could throw in Smart, whatever he's doing uh, as well. So um, I think he's just looking at chicks on Instagram. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd love to see a review of the club done at the top level as well. Nikki, I I think there's definitely some rot there with Rue and Chapman. Definitely, Fagan is. He's a bit of a different kind of kettle of fish to me because he's more to do with the whole overarching corporate side. So I can understand where Macca's coming from, but I think looking at Fags, I think he's kind of come to Adelaide as he has done throughout the rest of his career. It is going to be a stepping stone further on for him to something higher. I think that's there. And I don't have too much of a problem with it because that's what that type of job is. But for people like Chapman and for people like Rashudo, and I think for me, I think a lot of that specific grievance with McLeod, as Vardy Magic kind of alludes to, I think it might be Rue. And you have to, what people kind of forget that it's not that McLeod's just dropping in. McLeod's actually the midfield coach for the women's team. 
he is going to that club quite a bit. He has a lot to do with those AFLW players. And we've talked about this on the cast, that the, the way of the, the women play and the way they treat the club is different to the professional men that this is a job. And when McLeod was playing, it was closer to that feeling of, yes, you got money for it, but you had passion for the game. Whereas now the way that our game is going with the way that the money is coming in, it is more that American model and it is a job and it's as much as they love football, that's not what they're in it for so much anymore. It's to set them up for the future for a lot of these young players and a lot of these old players. The company back to what Mac is saying, eh, that, and everything you said is true, Nick, and everything I said before is, is true. He's, he's really saying that when you walk in there, it doesn't feel like a football club. And that's, that's what he's saying now, which is a surprising company. Like you said, he, he actually worked there. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure whether he's still working there or whether he, whether he got put off out of the COVID situation. But um, I, I have spent a lot of time at Albert because I had a lad that actually uh, played down there, much to my shame. But, um, shame, shame. Yeah. shame. Where's the shame, Bill? Yeah, but, um, and I did spend a lot of time in there. And, you know, the place reeks of being, of being the Port Adelaide Football Club, horribly so. And uh, it's no different than any other football club, except it just reeks of being Port Adelaide. And uh, I can say, what, I can see what McLeod is saying that uh, you walk in Adelaide Football Club, it doesn't reek of anything. That's well, the Port River, though you can smell. Yeah, look, <laughs> I mean, it's we've been down there. We've been down there a couple of times to have a chat with Fagan and Shuttleworth, and you know, it very much is that corporate thing you've got the cafe down the bottom you've got the the glass sliding doors leading straight into a reception with a little bit of paraphernalia around but nothing to really make it stand out um if it didn't have adelaide crows there you'd probably you know quite easily mistaken it for any other corporate office and um you know i understand that they've had to make room and all the rest of it but even the officers themselves that you know there's no there's nothing on the walls uh there's nothing at all really and it just smacks of a of a workplace what's that sorry there is in the players areas yeah that's where most of that stuff is but where where did where has our culture problems come from it hasn't come from the players it's come from the administration You know, yeah. and there's no, and I think this is the point that maybe Bungie was trying to make. You walk into the club, and it doesn't feel like a club. You know, those people that work there could be working anywhere, and you know they will work around, walk around in Adelaide Crows t-shirts or whatever, but they could be working anywhere. Someone else uh, made a really good point on Big Footy actually, and I'd like to get your views on this. Yeah. I mean, the Adelaide Crows were formed in 1990 and we've got some early success uh, in terms of our two flags in the 90s. But the Adelaide Crows represent the SANFL and the SANFL has over 100 years of history and the Adelaide Crows is born out of nine SANFL clubs and the success that those... And let's call it 10, really, because Port Adelaide are included in that. You know, yeah. ten, ten, six clubs that have made the SANFL and South Australian footy 
into a force to be reckoned with. And the reason why the VFL was so keen to get an Adelaide team in uh, was because of that strength. And I think one of the key things that the Crows have lost um, is that connection to their SANFL history. They should be celebrating the SANFL history. Yes, we're not owned by the SANFL anymore. Yes, there's been some to and fro with the SANFL, etc., etc. But the bottom line is the Adelaide Crows wouldn't exist without the SANFL and without the 10 clubs that formed the SANFL. And I think in order for the club to build its own history and its own character and its own identity... It really needs to remember and honour the SANFL history that it was born from. To a degree, though, only to a degree, though, Fiend, because it's also got to establish its own identity because the oh, SANFL still exists. It still exists. So it, um, I, I, there should be the recognition of the fact of its roots, and you're quite right about that. And then hopefully there should be uh, more achievements on uh, and uh, and pictures of players as they become stars yeah. on, on the walls. I agree with that. So, um, But unfortunately, they, they haven't gone down that path. And um, and I think that's really what Andrew's grievance is about. And uh, Because I don't think there'd be any bad blood between him and uh, Rue at all. Because, I mean, Rue said he cried when he heard that Mac, uh, and that Macca felt like this. And, uh, and, I, and I, I believe Rue because um, although Rue... I think stuffs a lot of things up. I th- also think he's genuine. I don't know what you think about that, but I do think he is genuine. Look, I think Rue's comments have, have smacked of a bit of a victim mentality, to be honest with you, Mac. Um, you know, Mark Rusciuto, to me, strikes me as a crusader rather than an administrator. He uh, saw a problem at the club. He was probably approached by various people at the club to try and right the ship when Sando was stinking it up and, you know, all that was going on. And, you know, credit where credit's due, he brought in an exceptional, well, who someone who uh, certainly appeared to be an exceptional coach and uh, someone who has, whether you like him or not, taken the bull by the horns in terms of uh, the administration financially and kicked a lot of goals in Andrew Fagan. Uh, I don't think Mark Rusciuto could be faulted for what he did back then to bring some stability and to try and bring some success to the club. But I don't think Mark is the type of person that can then have an ongoing thing. I think he's very much a hit-and-run kind of person. And I think Mark strikes me as quite an autocratic person that's come out in some of the things that he's said. You know, uh, the thing that sticks out to me is the go support another club. As- essentially, I think Rue can be a bit of a my way or highway kind of person. And yeah, we've, so that was that one, yeah. we've lost some good coaching talent, Josh Franco am- amongst them. Uh, and I'm not blaming Mark for that specifically because I wouldn't know. But we seem to, we seem to have a, a, a fairly steady flow of good quality people out of the door. And we, at the same time, have seemed to hold on to a lot of people way past their tenure, um, often because of perceived or real links um, with Rue himself. I don't think I don't think Rue's the right person to have an ongoing 
role at the club. I think he is um, he struggles with being collaborative, and I think that's where we are now. I think there's not enough voices steering the ship at Adelaide, and I think it's going in the wrong direction. So I don't know, mate. I you know I'm sure. Rue is upset with what's going on, but he's presided over a lot of that. He's been there for the last five years. He's oh, been he there when know. Brett Burton was... In, he, he was in, instrumental in employing Brett Burton, who you can't stand. Put him into the... Oh, who, put him into the... That, that, that absolute put, dickhead. But, you know, put him into the fitness department and stuff that up when we had a very good fitness department already and then and, promoted and it was him... so obvious. Yeah. And then promoted him to general manager of footy ops with no basis. And he stunk that that up too. Mark Rashuda has presided over over the decline of the club from the point of view, well, let, let me say a cultural decline of the club, in my view. A connection between the club and its supporter base, I think, has declined in the last five years. And I think a lot of that has got to do with the club becoming more insular and more, um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Complacent um, about its supporter base, and maybe just losing sight of why it's there in the first place. So I, I, I got, Mark might be upset about it, but he's also got to take the responsibility for it. I can't argue with the word you said because there's no doubt that, and that's what really I was saying very much the same thing as you. I said I think he's absolutely genuine. But he does have a lot of efforts against his name. So, yep. again, and what you're saying is actually just detailing what I wasn't uh, saying in detail. I was just saying that I think he's genuine in what he that he thinks he's doing the right thing. But uh, as you said, so many of them have been so wrong, so wrong. And uh, and you know, Burton was a classic example. And I still think to this day he's gone my letterbox. box. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think Matt made a Which brilliant <laughs> Matt made a brilliant point in the chat that is essentially Rashudo does not know how to be self-reflective. And some of those things that you talked about before in their Phoenix, that really does show, particularly the fact that yes, Burton's his mate, and yes, he has that great um he's got a degree and all this other stuff. But if he actually had the ability to step away from this is my mate and look and see what he did at Brisbane, he would have never have gotten the job here at Adelaide no. with that kind of background and those kinds of results that he was doing. And a lot of his statements, like the one you alluded to as well, that, you know, go support another club, is he gets his back up immediately yeah. as soon as somebody attacks him. And but when like, he gets his back up, that's when you see how he really thinks. And what he said yeah. on TV that day was what he really thinks. If you don't like it, piss off. That's what he really thinks. Bad. And he's he's definitely run his race. You're you're right. He's mm. he came in to be that mover and shaker, but he can't look forward. He can't look of how else can I continue to improve on it. And I think that's what Fagan has actually done. He doesn't whilst there is some some complacency going on, I think for Fagan's side of it, he's always trying to take that next little extra step. I agree. Forward. But for people like Chapman and for people like Rashudo, they're not looking to take those extra steps. They've gone, oh, we've made this change. 
We'll just sit back and let it happen. And, yeah. and we were brilliant. And where they got it massively wrong in the review was that he and the rest of the football department weren't looked into. The board, you mean? That's, yeah, the board. Yeah. That's where the rot is. Yeah. Well, just taking that one step further then, uh, Chapman said he is resigning at the end of, the, end of this no, year. No, he hasn't actually said that, Macca. He's saying he oh. should resign. He hasn't definitively oh. said he's going to resign. He said he should resign. Hashtag, oh. it's time, Chappie. Is that right? That's uh, correct. Nicky? Oh, what are you going to ask Nicky for? Oh, we... <laughs> Do we really need to go into that? <laughs> well, no, no, he did, he did uh, Macca. I, I went back and had a look at the quote. Um, did you? Okay. Yeah, he's actually... He, I like, you know, 90% he's going to go because he believes he should go. But he hasn't said that he will go. He's a squib. What else is he going to do? And because you're actually wrong, Macker, I don't think he's very good business at all. That's why he's had to find refuge in a football club after being, you know, especially Mr. International Banking Man. Um, you know, there's a reason why he didn't start still on at St. George. He's, he's a dud. We've got a dud. He's got some good pedigree. Um, We've got nobody any good stuff. He's... He's he's overseen he's overseen our worst decade. Like if you have a look at the last ten years of our club, it is no, our very worst good point, yeah, We have missed the finals six out of uh, ten times, which is the worst performance in, in by any measure. Yep. Um, we've lost more key star players or young players that would be stars uh, than any other time in our history. Yep. We've appointed um, we've had I think six senior coaches in that period of time. Um, you know, one obviously we lost pretty unluckily, but um, but still there's been a huge turnover. So we either haven't been getting those decisions right, or or um, you know there's there's other things at play. Um, he's continued on the malaise that Trig sort of had us going on, and uh, has right. infected a club that is just wanting to be do okay and and make the middle and not look to improve or get better. And if you have a look at the way we performed after, you know, we lost the grand final, it wasn't about improving. It was just about holding steady and hoping we we're yeah. going to be good enough where that starts. And, yeah. and as soon as you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And yeah. that's just how life is. Now, I just have to hold proceedings for a little bit because we have a little special guest that's rocked up. Uh, and oh. I'm very glad to see him along because he's played a huge role in oh. the Crowcast in general. And uh, ran ran the Thursday night uh, preview show pretty much by himself until he turned into a big shot bloody YouTube sensation. Uh, <laughs> welcome, Scorpus. How are you going, mate? Hello, everyone. I hope my microphone's working all right because I've literally just joined without testing anything. So, <laughs> mate, you're <laughs> supposed to be the tech hero. Come on, no, uh, mic's fine. Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back on the show. I've kept, I've kept listening every week to all the shows. So, yeah, I thought with this final version coming, I actually thought it was happening next week. But, you know, got to get on and have a chat. Yeah, no, it's good I to have, have you, to... mate. Well, I done, was going to say, Scorps, I'm, I'm very sad. I'm, I miss having you to chat all the AFLW stuff, but I understand how busy you've been. Yeah, that was always a bit of fun. Kept up with all the AFLW stuff as well, but... Yeah, it's just been life's been a bit busy, but yeah, it's great that Phoenix has been able to keep keep on going with everything and 
Yeah, I'll be keeping on listening to the uh, Sunday wrap because that will be continuing, which is great. Yep, and we should uh, just give Scorps's YouTube channel Hardware Unboxed a bit of a plug. What are you up to now? 7.5 million subscribers, Scorpus? Oh, it'd be nice to be in the millions. We've got about 500,000, which is nice, and getting <laughs> a few views every now and then, so that's good. Yeah, a few views. <laughs> a few. Uh, I, must <laughs> admit, I'm, I must admit I'm a regular uh, watcher. Um, oh, so, and uh, Scorpus comes on with his uh, world, I think... I'm safe to say world-renowned monitor reviews, Scorpus. World-renowned. Uh, if you Come say on. so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and your mate just can't get enough of, enough of graphics cards. But uh, no, so, I mean, Scorpus, you know, you're, you're a very measured person. What do you think about what's been going down at the club over the last couple of weeks with uh, Andrew McLeod's comments and the fallout? Oh me on the spot i didn't quite know what you guys were talking about when i joined (laughs) so um look i'm not a fan of how all that stuff played out i think that uh rusciuto in particular has been a bit yeah don't like his comments particularly putting the blame back on maca for some of his stuff i just yeah a huge fan of that i think mcleod's trying to make some really good points and now's a great time to bring up those points in my opinion i don't agree with the i've seen some Beats it every now and then about people saying now's not a good time. The club's in so much crisis. I think if any time is the time for change, it's, it's really now. There's a lot of stuff happening. Sort of hopefully Chapman finally getting the ass. And yeah, so if any time we're going to be getting some change, and maybe now's the time. Uh, hashtag it's time, Chappy. Yeah. So, um, a question to you, Scorpus. Then um, where do you think the problems lie in the football club? Do you, you know, and we're talking about at the upper level. Who are the ones that you think really cause the problems? Uh, it's hard to say specifically. I think it's you definitely would have to put the blame at Chapman being, of course, the sort of chair of the board, and then as well, Shudo having so many fingers in the football department. But I would have to say, I mean, a lot of the board members are just sort of jointly responsible. All of them together, are, you know to be deciding the future of the club and setting up different programs and all that sort of thing so personally i'm I'm not a huge fan of the idea of chapman choosing his replacement from just a board member that's already there i think we really need some fresh blood in there to sort of shake things up maybe introduce a few new ideas so i think all of them all of them are responsible in some way maybe some more than others but as a group definitely well you know you raise a very good point there about uh Chappie should not be allowed to select his replacement. Um, he nominated uh, two names, and I'm not going to say which one, but I've been on a board with one of those in a joint venture that we were on equal terms, and I have never dealt with a more incompetent person in my life. And uh, uh, he, he was one of the names that Chappie said could possibly be his replacement. So um, I, that's why I think that they've got to go and get outside of the people they've got, in my opinion, and just bring in some fresh blood like they did, you know, like Port Adelaide did. It doesn't seem like a very diverse board. I don't think they've got a good spread of opinions on there. I think it's very, it is very insular and it'd be really good to get some outside people on there, not just people that we can vote in because we have a very limited ability to do that, but just some good suggestions for people in maybe different fields, bringing some new fresh ideas and we're in a, it's a big period of change for the club, so there's a lot of opportunities for people to come in and potentially have a lot of influence over things. You know, our coaching department is 
shockingly thin at the moment. That's areas where people could have a bit of influence. You know, we've just been hiring so many different football managers, all that sort of thing. So be nice. I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it would be very nice. Well, the one thing we always are successful in, <laughs> we always lose the good ones, we retain the others. Fortunately, yes. And that seems to be a bit of a trend, doesn't it? Um, and again, it's an indictment on blokes like Chapman and Rue. Who, I mean, Rue's the director of football. He's the Correct. he's the direct conduit between the football department and the board. And so, ultimately, at board level, the buck in terms of football operations and football department performance rests with him. And we've we've lost some good coaches. Josh Franco, by all reports, was a good coach. Marty Matner had runs on the board and. Um, certainly had our defence going well. Uh, there's been coach a couple of, of others. I beg your pardon? The coach of Carlton. Yep, uh, David Teague uh, as yep. well. So, I mean, we've had some good coaches roll through and here we are sitting with uh, Mick Godden, nothing against him, but uh, very green, and Ben Hart, who uh, the less said about God the better, good. really. Yeah, God help us. You know, and I mean, I understand that we've got, you know, budget constraints and all the rest of it, but if you're going to toss up between some of those, like Marty Matner and Benny Hart, why aren't you keeping Marty Matner, for goodness sake? I just find the whole... I'm just very interested in where, as a football department, we're spending the money. I mean, even with the proposal of, you know, cutting however many millions out of the soft cap, there's still any, many millions left in that cap, and you don't see... Hollingwood or, or Richmond or those or even West Coast letting go some of their line coaches willy nilly, or at least, you know, they haven't done so yet. Just be very interested to sort of fly on the wall and sort of hear where they're spending a lot of that money. Is it yeah. on payouts to people like Ike and Campo and those guys? Is that what's crippling us at the moment? Or are we wasting money in other areas? It just seems like where we have the money, we can afford to pay the cap. Where's it going? Well, I think I think the cap over the last twelve months has gone towards a couple of payouts, uh, Mr. Yeah. Pike and Mr. Camperiali. I, th- I think uh, yep. I think unfortunately um, uh, that's that's where the spend has been, which is very reactive and obviously not very productive. Um, and again, it just shows that uh, those decisions have cost the club not only money but also the ability to bring in uh, good quality people. Uh, to back up the blokes on the field. So, you know, Scorpius, you raised a good point earlier. It is a real opportunity at the moment for change. I mean, we've got the whole competition's in transition. Um, The way in which football departments and ancillary staff are going to be placed over the next five years is going to be completely different. Um, And it's going to be the clubs that are agile and able to put good people in in those positions uh, that are going to be the most successful and you know, I, I just wonder whether our, our club is um, is agile enough to be able to make those quick, good decisions to get good people in um, to assist what is a very, very young squad transition into hopefully our next premiership squad. The only thing you can say, though, Fien, about the way we're structured at the moment, um, Nixie's come in there and he's really had no say about who who his assistant coaches would be. Again. Because of the, again. Because when was the last time a coach came in and cleared out the assistant coaching panel? I can't well, I, I could, can't even think of the last time. No, and but I think he will be able to at the end of this year. So it, 
I think from and I'm being I'm sticking up for Nick's here, not not necessarily the club, but to talk about Nick's. Yeah, Nick's Nick's obviously didn't want to, or, or probably couldn't, because of uh, people being contracted, etc. There's going to be a lot of good people around at the end of this particular season that will be available, and a lot of them that Nixie knows as well, that he will he will probably bring into the club. So I think that that is the one positive I can see with the situation we've got. We've got a couple of dickheads there, and, and, and well, certainly one in Ben Hart. I don't um, think Mick Godden's a dickhead. I just think he's no, inexperienced. No, no, that's why I corrected myself. I corrected myself. Um, but Ben Hart is really, you know, he's, well, they did, they tried to get rid of him, um, and... Uh, Nobody took it, took him, so they had to keep him. Um, but you know, he's he'll be out of contract at the end of this season, and I think that we will see a, a different coaching panel next year. Um, in the meantime, other clubs have had to do very similar things in the sense that what they've done is, in a lot of cases, not a lot, but in some cases, they've got rid of line coaches and brought up the development coaches who were the ones that are really feeding the line coaches, and uh, because they've, and because they're on a lot less money. And there are going to be some very good people out of work that will be available at the end of the year. So uh, that's one positive about the rotten situation we're in. Mm. We can improve. Don't forget to... my concern with all that... Go on, Scorps. Sorry, I, I, just, I guess my concern with all this is it, it does look like we have you know, a few more competent people in key positions, particularly actually having a competent football manager. And he seems... I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot, but it seems like he's actually got his head screwed on. Correct. You know, how much of the changes that we want to make, like, for example, X comes in, he wants to choose his own coaches from this big pool of people that are now available. How much of that is going to be blocked by people above Kelly? In theory, you'd like Kelly to just go around and be like, yeah, hire that guy, hire this other guy, we'll build up this good football department. But a lot of that's going to come based on our structure and what we've done in the past, come back to people like Rue on the board or Chapman. And it's if really those are the point. people who are deciding, you know, the money's getting spent on coaches or maybe Nick's points out a, a really high-quality coach that's been let go from a, a top team, then the board's like, no, nah, we can't afford him. Yeah. Like, is that sort of stuff going to happen again? That That's my sort of concern. It's a really good point, well, Scorpus, because... If you if you look at most corporate structures, you've got a board, and then you've got a CEO, and then you've got a bunch of general managers, and then you've got them managing their their particular lines. And you would hope that GM Footy Ops would get a budget and say, "This is how much you're allowed to spend now. Go off and spend it." And then you would hope that the board would actually allow him to do his job. You know, this micromanagement from board level, um, I think, is counterproductive, and I think. Uh, certainly one of my criticisms of Rashido earlier, Scorps, and you might not have been quite on just yet, but is the fact that he's very he's got his hands in a lot of the pies at Adelaide now and he's very autocratic. And I wonder whether he's actually going to give GM Footy Ops the, uh, the freedom to be able to do his job, do the job that he was employed to do, or is he just going to be a person who rocks up to Rashido's office and goes, well, I think this, and Rue goes, well, no, I think that, so we're going to do that. And then he just rubber stamps it. Because he's a very good quality bloke, um, and we've employed him for a reason, and it would be a real pity if we didn't allow him to actually use the talent that we recognised when we appointed him in the first place. It's it's hard one because I think a lot of supporters 
struggle with the image of Rue over the last couple of years because he is still a very key part of our history of as a club. But yeah. you just see, I, mean, it, I, can't, it, I guess it's a different situation with Burton because it's easy to hate Burton. He wasn't necessarily, you know, a premiership legend and all that. I found it easy. <laughs> so, yeah. he was a uh he was a honest player but you look at rue and it's like well you have to I'm sure a lot of this happens within the club as well people are sort of tossing up well that opinion maybe i disagree with that opinion but he's a club legend so i know i'm sure that's a lot of going to cause a lot of problems down the line as well yeah look there's well, a lot to play out and sadly from my personal point of view i don't think I don't think there's enough um, introspection at the Adelaide Footy Club for them to for them to be able to, uh, as you, who was it, Nikki? I think said it to put themselves up against the mirror and actually have a bit of self assessment, have some honest self assessment, and ask the question that Pikey supposedly asked himself last year: is am I part of the problem, and if so, am I part of the solution? And you know, there's some blokes there that have presided over a fair amount of stuff-ups over the last five years, and they're not usually the people that will steer you out of out of the mess. It's usually the next bloke. Um, but the way we're structured and the way the board is elected, um, it it is going to depend on whether people have enough humility to be able to, to make the same sort of call that Don Pike supposedly made. I have a question for you, Phoenix. When was the last time that we had a new board member that wasn't member elected? And when was the time before that? Because it seems like we don't, there's just not a lot of turnover in the non member position. I think, um, uh, what was, what was, um, the ex sports minister's, Kate Ellis? Yeah, Kate, Kate Ellis. Ellis. She, she replaced Paisley, didn't she, Mac? Yeah, she did. Yep. yep. Yeah, so that would have been, what, three years ago? About three years ago, I lost my info then. Yeah, three years ago. That <laughs> yeah, exactly right, mate. <laughs> and before that, maybe the ex, or maybe the that senior police person. What's her name? Oh yeah, I know who you mean though. Yeah, and that would have been about six years ago. So it's, it's potentially it's, some board members there that've been around for a while. Oh, it's been a very static a board. While. Very static board. If you have a look at the Adelaide website, and I might just try and call it up while we're chatting, um, uh, if you have a look at tenure, there's there's a fair amount of tenure in that board. Yeah, there's a, there's a certain member there that he was a, he was part of the state bank failure, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> it runs on the board. <laughs> I'll say no more about that, but that's true. I think, I think part of the problem is that we unfortunately put these particular players up on a pedestal because they were good at football. So therefore they must be good at this other stuff. And I think Rue's proving proving very much no. Um, And we do the same thing as like when we um, talked about uh, a member rep and I mentioned, you know, Jamison was the last one. No actual proper member rep really is going to win once they put them up against the next player. And we've had a number of times ex-players. I mean, we, we've got a member rep now, but he's been gagged by the club. Yeah, well, uh, Kim, Kim, I mean, Kim's a, a nice fella. I've had a couple of off, offline conversations with Kim, but 
we wanted to have him have a, make a comment uh, around the the camp time, and he just wasn't allowed to. And I appreciate that he's on a board and he's got um, you know confidentiality and all the rest of it. But if ever there was a time when a member elected board representative needed to be vocal, at least even if superficially, um, it needed to be then. And neither Kim Ryder nor Rod Jamison was uh, anywhere to be found. Interestingly, on the AFC board uh, website, uh, it's got lovely pictures of the board members, but when you click on them, it doesn't actually give you any information, whereas it used to. So uh, I don't know what that tells you. Maybe it's just bad web design. But, uh, yeah, uh, Linda Fellows was the one I was thinking of. Um, yeah. The other one. She's a policewoman. Yeah. So, I mean, Chappie's been there, obviously, for ages. Jimmy Hazel's been there for ages. Um, Richard Fennell, uh, reasonably new-ish, I think. Jim McDowell's been there for a while. Rashudo's obviously been there for five. And then we've got Ryder and Jemison as the two uh, member elected, apart from Kate Ellis and uh, Linda Fellow. So, you know, there's probably two or three there that could move on. And there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of non-football people on that board, isn't there? Basically, that's what, that was the point I was getting at before, that uh, I, I don't see the replacement there. Now, it may well be that one of them uh, gets chosen, hopefully not the one I'm talking about before, but um, maybe there's one there that if they get chosen, they will rise to the occasion and be, be excellent. Who knows? I don't know. But... Um, I know that, you know, unfortunately Chappie did have somebody that he was training up who passed away um, and who probably would have been okay. Um, but um, apart from the one I know, who I don't want to be, even though he's no good. Um, <laughs> Why don't you just go out and say who it is, Mac? No, I'm not going to say it. I might get screwed or something. Let, let, let's play a game, Macca. I'll say a name and you say yes or no. What do you have ahead? Jim Hazel. And that's that. Um, I I reckon the only one out of that board that I'd even have a slight whiff of confidence in to at least initiate some change is Kate Ellis, to be perfectly honest with you. Yes, uh, I wouldn't be against that so much. Velvet Sledgehammer. Yep, I don't think she was a bad performer in government or in parliament. Um, I think... A female voice would be a fresh voice uh, on that board. Um, we need a change agent. I've used that term so many times over the last five years. We need a change agent, and I don't see anyone on that board really, apart from maybe Kate, who could be that person. Um, and I don't see anyone coming in from the outside that has sufficient clout and leverage to be able to change the culture at board level. So it it needs to be someone like her that maybe has a you know with with the chairmanship might have a little bit more leverage and a little bit more uh, um, uh, motivation to speak and to drive change. Um, so she would be my pick out of the current board members. Uh, well, it seems like as well that. So you have to also be careful what you wish for because I think a lot of people are expecting Rue to be the oh change maker when he was brought onto the board and then yeah. five years later everyone's bashing him from pillar to post. Yeah. A lot he of that was there. quite fairly. So he's someone who, you know, isn't just going to be the ex player that's like the saviour of the day coming in no. to solve everything. You need someone who's highly competent and 
last time we I think a lot of people expected that we had that but it didn't quite so yeah and we see we, a repeat of that we spoke well uh, before you came on about Rue being much more of a crusader rather than an administrator uh, Scorpus and I think you hit the nail on the head yeah. and I, you know our club is prone to that because we bumbled along for the first three or four years of our existence or five or six years of our existence and then we got the Messiah in who won us two flags and then we bumbled along again and then we got another Messiah who unfortunately passed away who looked like being a change agent. Um, we seem to be a club that rely on individual, strong individuals to be able to turn the place upside down. And I think that's an indictment on the club. We shouldn't be relying on strong individuals to come in and just, you know, run amuck in the club and turn everything upside down. We need to be able to build something that's sustainable um, so that we can have ongoing success. And you look at uh, Hawthorne, what they built after they nearly merged with Melbourne and how they got that club back on track. And it was a good mix of ex-Hawthorne players but also really strong administrators like Jeff Kennett. You know, like him or love him, he gets things done. Uh, like him or hate right. him, I should say. He gets things done. So there was a real sense of this is the club that we are with Dunstall and Don Scott and a few others. Um, but there was also some smart heads there to make pertinent decisions. And, yeah. you know, they. you could argue that they also got someone who turned out to be their messiah and Alistair Clarkson. But... That was a ballsy move to go out and get someone from the SANFL who only coached one or two years, and they stuck with him. And I think they've been able to build now a successful culture because they actually had a board that was driven to change rather than driven to maintain the status quo, which is what our board seems to want to do. I think it's interesting that you bring up ex-players. I was lo- I was looking the other day at you know I was thinking there's a lot of ex-players involved with the Crows, but who else would you want to bring in if possible? It's sort of more you know, not going to be a Rue or a Burton, but a, a competent person. And then I was looking across the list and I was thinking, okay, we've got some of the like the really respected ex-players, you know, people that are contributed a lot to the Crows. And, and you look down the list, and a lot of them are just at other clubs. Yeah. Rutten, like Van Berlo, like Goodwin. And you look at the rest of the players that you might consider like you know, big names of the past, part of the fabric of the club, either have them already, like Rue, like Jamison, like Hart, like those players, like Smart as well. And then all the other res- really respected people have gone on and quite rightfully made a path at another club, which for their career is definitely the right move than coming back here and, yeah. and, you know, getting involved. But we just, apart from those two groups, there's no one else that we can call on. I guess maybe a little bit of it is because we're a relatively young club, so we don't have a massive group of people that we can call upon. Yeah, it's just the, I couldn't think of that many other people that we could re- realistically involve, which makes it very difficult. Yeah, I think uh, someone on the chat mentioned Matty Liptak, um, uh, you know, a well-respected doctor. I think um, David Pittman might be a bit of a left-field one. Um, not unsuccessful in the business world, I don't think, from memory. Um, He's a very good talker. He's a good talker, actually. David Pittman, yep. Um, mm. There was someone else that I was thinking of from way back when. Uh, name escapes me, it'll come to me. There's a few. Um, 
But you're probably right, Scorpus, and probably one of the reasons for that, although many of the names that you mentioned are South Australian, is that we do have diverse diversity around you know player origins and where they've where they've come from or we do have you know 50 percent victorian or whatever so they obviously go back but you know it's difficult but the other thing that i think we don't make enough uh of is the talent at sanfl level there's two or three people at sanfl level who i think would be extremely competent um as board members and administrators at an afl club um but we don't seem really that keen to want to go there. Well, we, we just have, though, of course. Well, yeah, that's at see, that's at um, footy ops level. But why not, at, level, yeah. why not at board level, Mac? Well, no, there's no reason at all. Why Do not? we shy away from that because we want we don't want to be seen as an SANFL stooge? Is that the no, reason? No, well, I'd hope not, because when you when you have a vacant position, the you know the, the the criteria is always the same. You get the best person for the position, no matter you know what what sex they are, what uh, background they've got. They just if they they'll either be the right person for the position or not, and you go for the very best. Yeah, and and I think you know just rounding up this conversation, uh, I think that's probably what we lack. And I think Scorpius, you pointed it out right at the outset. We lack diversity at board level, and maybe that's because we're not casting a very wide net. Um, so hopefully over the course of the next two or three years um, with Chapman leaving and, and perhaps one other um, we can bring some more diversity in at board level um, and hopefully they come in with a mandate to ensure that the club has its foundation in, in football as its core business you know everything else aside football is its core business um, I think that the strong, successful clubs now, Geelong, Hawthorne, Richmond, West Coast, football is very much their core business, whereas I don't know whether that's actually the attitude at Adelaide at the moment. Well, if it isn't, it better, better soon be. Because yeah. I think we're, going to, we're in for a lousy year coming up, and then, uh, but in the process of that, we should be getting ourselves set, uh, Fiend, so that we get the right people in the right spot so that we have a good year next year. Yeah. So that's we've done that to death. What the hell else has been going on, Mac? Well, well I'm you know I'm am pissed off about something. So I'll go on. I've got the opportunity to say, go to say it. Now I don't know what people out there in the chat think, but there is only one showdown game this year. Only one. And why it's a Port Adelaide one, I do not effing know. It because. There are two sides who normally have a showdown each. They have the opportunity to put their, bring their sponsors in and they have an opportunity to bring their crowd in. Okay, COVID restricts that. So, to, And we have got a situation where now we've got 2,000 people allowed to go to the football. And nobody on earth will ever convince me that it shouldn't be 50-50 in terms of the number of people that go there from each team. And in terms of the sponsors, it should be 50-50 again because there is only one effing bloody showdown game. There isn't two. There's one. And I don't know why that poor parasite to rely on all their dole money from the NFL, why they get the opportunity and we don't. And I just think it's wrong. And that's yeah. Well, I think you just said it. 
they're the ones that rely on the AFL, so the AFL will give them every opportunity. My, I have a little bit of mail that a deal was done with the Adelaide, Crow, Adelaide Crows Footy Club to say that if we allow that to happen, we might get um, a nice little uh, prime time fixture later in the comp- later in the season. Well, well, well okay. a shocking fixture. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, 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 got, we don't have a great fixture. We might not fuck you as hard later on, so yeah. let us fuck you here. We no, we'll stick the pineapple up there, but we won't revolve it. Oh. Well, <laughs> well the, problem, the problem I have with a deal like that is that we're not going to be terribly well-performed this year. So a primetime oh. slot probably doesn't serve us very well, whereas having 50-50 crowd at a showdown would actually serve our purpose a lot better. And therein lies again. The issue that we were just talking about: the, Do the crows are they a football club? Is football their core business, or or is revenue their core business? And at the moment, well, that decision smacks of we place more importance on revenue in this case, you know, prime time exposure, than actually helping our team team win a game of football. If you look at oh. the other clubs that would sort of up a stink about something like this you reckon eddie mcguire would just be sitting around exactly. going like yeah yeah that's fine that's fine big rivalry match and you just have all the crowd half the like building in victoria be knocked down by now by eddie mcguire if that happened yeah serial whinges geelong that'd probably be kicking yeah. and screaming uh, like till the end of time uh, all those big, big clubs yeah i mean port adelaide's not a big club so you can't really include them but no, no. <laughs> richmond would be the same well, they, they do have to sell all those prison bar guernseys that they had made. They're not prison bars. Try... I know it's not. It's the wolf pylons, but they call it prison bars because they're idiots. Um, they don't even know their own history. Um, so I, I think that's actually more what it's to do with the fact that they get to wear this guernsey, that guernsey at the showdown that they need to have a crowd. You know what? If there's no other crowds, I don't think there should be a crowd in there. I don't know why they're wearing that, that dirty old rag anyhow. It's it's just a SAFL jumper. It's not an AFL jumper. Mate, apparently you watched your kids run around it. Jesus. Yeah, come um, on, Mac, shut up. And I hated it. Absolutely hated it. But also, we're not – I'm just going to put it out there. We're not that good at making deals with the AFL. Every time we do it, we always seem to come away with um, without being able to run a bicycle for a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's my point. That's my point. Yeah, I, I, just think, I just think it's stupid. Who, who cares whether we get prime time this year? It's not actually going to serve our purpose at all. Um, Good old rollover, Chappie. It's time, Chappie. Good old rollover, Chappie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donkey, Donkey, you're just throwing out slogans harder than bloody Tony Abbott, mate, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in a mood. Speaking of which, Tony Abbott getting a bloody... Jeez, an honour, for God's sake, two years as a Prime Minister. Um, I'm getting optimistic that I might get one next year. <laughs> Or maybe How much money not. have you given to the Liberal Party? Uh, not very much. Well, there yeah. you go. You, you're not a chance. Try nothing. The other thing that happened, of course, down the club during the week, and I don't know about you guys, but I thought this was a really good thing, was the uh, the biffo between Billy and uh, Hardo. How Lovely. did you guys see that? <laughs> Hardo's got a nice shiner. Yeah, but yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I saw Hard, look, I saw Hardigan land uh, a couple. And I have to say, in all the time I've watched his whole career, it's the first time I've seen him hit something that he aimed at. <laughs> you you don't miss often either, Macca, I'll tell you what. When it comes to Hardigan, you don't miss very often. Oh, look, I thought it was he, good that... Well, he does, though. 
I, I thought it was good to see Billy fire up. Um, you know, he's obviously uh, uh, fighting for a spot uh, in a in a in a forward line raffle at the moment, and uh, you know, good on him, good on him, and good on Hardigan too because he's probably feeling under pressure from a couple of young pups like uh, Geordie Butts and uh, McCasey. Uh, is probably feeling the squeeze as well. So uh, at least there's a bit of spirit down there on the playing field. Uh, let's see how it translates to uh, to the real deal uh, when we get together with the foe on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, look, Frampton got him with a beauty first. He got the first one in, and it was a right to the eye. That's that one that uh, the shiner the Hardigan's got. But I'll tell you what, there was, a, was a two beautiful left jabs from Buddy Hardigan. And uh, as I said, first time I've ever seen him hit anything aimed at. Yeah, the reserves team fans will be pumped about that matchup. <laughs> Play. That's half the problem. So I reckon I reckon we could almost have a drinking game out of how many soft tissue injuries there's gonna be over the weekend too. I reckon oh. if if you had a drink for every time someone pinged a hammy or a calf, um you'd be uh, well on your way by the end of the match. Yep. And I you know, the other thing talking about the match coming up, um what, what would your what would your philosophy be in say thing uh, in selecting the team? Would you be looking at the best team for winning the game? Would you be looking at uh, blooding players to that uh, you believe will end up by the end of the season as good AFL players, um, or a combination of both? What what would be your philosophy? Well, I. Uh, uh... Scorpus is the uh, the selection night hero, so I'll defer to him in a moment. But my personal view is that the COVID nineteen situation should spell the end of the careers of blokes like Bryce Gibbs. Um, he should not get a game. David McKay should not get a game. Um, there are senior players, um, and those two in particular, that should be the end of their career. Uh, not, not. I don't wish ill on those people. I'm just thinking that there are blokes now that we need to pump twenty odd games into, and those blokes do not include Bryce Gibbs and David McKay. What do you reckon, Scorpus? Oh, don't get me started on McKay. I think I spent probably <laughs> twenty hours of people's time doing the interview cast talking about him. Half um, your career. Putting putting him aside, I think. There's definitely a few really key players that we need to be getting in the side straight away. Players like Hamill, um, Adam looks to be on all right. Um, you know, McHenry seems to actually be on the park at this time, which is nice. And which is good. Yeah, you don't want to be you don't want to be blooding five players, but when you think you know we have, we blooded Mackesy in the first game, we've got Davis in the squad still, who's you know two games at this point. And you add in, and then if you are adding in, you know Hamill. McHenry, those type of players, you're suddenly starting to get a pretty good mix, I feel. So I'd be surprised if we saw like a Olent being selected or, or like a real smoky like that or a Butts or something like that. But there's definitely some players that should be in this week and then for the rest of the season, McHenry and Hamill in particular, I think should be just chuck them in there, see what they can do. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, Crocker and Keys? I, I actually like the look of both uh, Crocker and Keys. I think the question for those two... Oh, I don't mind Crocker. I think the question is, are they the future? Yeah, Fiend and I will fight you about Crocker. We we both very much rate him. And I think by the sounds of it, from a couple of the snippets they've been playing, Nick's does as well. Um, 
I remember we were both very surprised, Fiend, that he didn't make the first yeah. Yeah. round. Yeah, I was. I was surprised, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that uh, was more more about giving Benny Davis a run and less about Crocker's form because uh, he certainly well, maybe yeah. Frampton. I think he was Frampton got his spot because of yeah. a different sort of mix up. In, in yeah, back. and I reckon if we just go with Tex as that secondary ruck, yeah, because it's shorter um, game time that they're playing means Frampton's not in. I'd put Crocker in instead. Well, that's what I'd be doing, Nicky. I, I, oh, shit, I'm agreeing with you. Um, but, yes, that's what I would do. Yeah, It's I, hard I to so. find a spot for keys. Um, it you is. Know, you sort of look at – I'd be preferencing players like Schoenberg over keys just uh, from what I've seen. Oh, not, yeah. not I've seen a whole yeah. lot, but he looks like a, a real ripper of a player. And, you know, I'm not, not shitting on keys or anything. I think he's a really average, a terrible player. Amazing or anything, but you know he's not like you put him in the squad and you're going to be like, what the hell are you doing? I just think you know if you're going to be blooding a, a midfield type player, that Schoenberg should probably be ahead of him at this point. Well, I was reading about Schoenberg. They they reckon that he's not really going to be ready this year, and uh, he's so the time to bring him in will be next year. And that that was that catch came from the club. No, he has to play this year. Yeah, so, I, a few I'd matches here and there. I mean. He's got. I mean, are we losing much by playing a Schoenberg for four or five matches throughout the year? Probably no, not. We should play him. We should play him. We yeah. should be trying to tank. We should be playing as many kids as we can and losing as many games as we can and get as good a draft as we can. Yeah. Oh, that is how winning. That's our closest pathway to the next premiership. Well, well I think yeah. we're going to do, do that without trying, actually. Well, the thing is, I, th- I think out of this squad and uh, the next one or two drafts, that's the that's the basis of our next premiership tilt. So I think they need to be yeah. earmarking the players from this current squad who are going to be part of that, in their opinion, and they're the blokes that get picked. And the rest of them yeah. are, are backup or have to force them their way into that conversation. And you're right, I, I, I'm quite a good fan of Benny Keyes, but he's not part of that conversation at the moment, I don't think. Um, you know, there's probably one or two others uh, that aren't, quite there. Geordie Gallucci has got to force his way into that conversation, although I think he's gone, to be honest with you. Um, a disappointment. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm such a, a fan. I'm such a fan, and he just keeps letting me down. Yeah, well, yeah, he's... He's got massive ability. There's no weakness in his actual game. It's only in his desire. Check, checked yeah. out, Scorpus. Checked out, unfortunately. Which is a real pity. Um, so, you know... I think they have to be really realistic, and and it's good, I guess, that we have a new coach, new um, a new set of eyes. He, he, Matty Nix needs to spend uh, this season working out who from this squad is part of his next premiership team, um, yeah. and they're the blokes to get the run. To, uh, you know, and how how long will someone like Tex Walker fit into that equation? Do you think? I think he'll be there all this year. Um, well, after this year, then I think he's going to be a little bit more debatable. But uh, I don't. I ha- you have you do have to have some senior heads out there for the young boys uh, to listen to and be rally. You know, to rally around the young lads when things are just going absolutely shit out and you're getting flogged. You need somebody yes. out there who can actually put some balance back into them. And, and uh, you know, Texas that has got that type of character. That's all well and good, Macca, but there's not many places to hide on a footy field these days. And uh, if 
Taylor's uh, form drops off too much. Um, oh, you know, fine. The, the, lead, the, leadership, the leadership that he brings is not going to be offset or not be enough to offset any drop in form. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a stretch to have him in as a second ruck, um, and we've got a couple of young lads that we've either got to give games to or piss off. You know, Elliot Himmelberg and Billy Frampton, they're either in or they're out, and the bloke that's standing in their way is Tex Walker at the moment. So how long do you keep giving Tex games at the expense of working out whether either of those two lads are going to be part of the future? I don't what? hold super high hopes for either of them. I think it's fortunately it's looking more like we're going to need to fill that spot in the draft, which prob- could give Tex a bit more time in, this, in the AFL team this year. Neither of those are really putting their hand up as well as they could be, but we'll see. I reckon centre half forward could be filled by our last year's number one draft pick or first round draft pick. Oh, I hope so. Talk, I like him there. You, you, you talk Mackensen. Yep. You stole my line. I was just about to say that that uh, um, I to me he he was a forward in most of his junior footy and um, and he has the ability to play both ends of the ground and uh, he's. A, I mean, he's got all the attributes of a very good footballer. He and, is too uh, talented, and I uh, apologies to everyone who's ever played defence in Aussie rules. He is too talented to be a defender, Macca. I'm I'm in the same camp as you. Yeah, I, too, I too much talent that. to be a, he. He's got some special ability, and I think he's wasted at centre half back or full back. He, he is he is a bloody marking beast, and I reckon he needs to be up forward. Yeah, but we've, yeah. we've also got his best mate, who's also a marking beast, who's actually been a little bit quiet. I think he's a he's a little bit behind fish in terms of that X factor talent, etc. But we've also got Josh Worrell. People forget about him. Yeah, yeah, they reckon he's got to be very, very good in the long term. Yeah, Having and he and Worrell is definitely that that swing type player that yeah. you can play him up forward, wing, and down back. He's got a bit of height too, hasn't he? Oh yes. Whereas I think Macassie is Macassie to me is just a dead set marking forward. He's a he's a target. He'll make things happen for you up forward. Um, where totally in that camp. Yep. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see whether they whether they actually um, conduct that experiment. I think he didn't he play a few minutes in round one up forward, Macker. I think he did from memory. He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He had a brief uh, spell up there. Oh, that's um, right. And he actually don't... got near about three balls in about five minutes, didn't he? And it almost yep. took three yeah. marks. Uh, and the he... thing is, also with the ability with him to be able to do that is we've got Duday coming back. Yeah. He's almost like another new group. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think Tom Day is a leader of the future. And this is why I ask about Tex Walker. Because, uh, you know, Tex has been a fantastic leader of the club. You know, he's got his flaws, so what. But we've got some young leadership coming through and we need to give blokes like Tom Duday ownership of the next generation. Um, the the era of Tex and to, to the same extent really Rory Sloan has gone. You know, that yeah. squad, that group of players had their chance. And, you know, they weren't able to make it work. So 
blokes like Tex and all the rest of it, as much as they're good leaders, they need to pass the baton on to blokes like Tom Diday. And the, to me, there's a lot to like about Tom Diday in a leadership role. And that's why I think that Texas days might be... No, it'd be terrible for Texas to step out in such a stupid year as this one. But I honestly can't see him lasting the season. Um, I don't know. Uh, because it's not an overly long season, I think he, he may he may well do do uh, last the, uh, the journey. But it, I'd have to say, if he plays next year, he would be playing um, a bit of a little bit of Russian roulette, I think, because he wouldn't be a, a, a certain pick every week. Scorpius, do you reckon that uh, Texas in competition ultimately with Fogarty for one spot on the ground? Yeah, I, I think he, play styles between them two are, are too close to really can't have two of those exact same players in your full forward and centre half forward positions. I know modern AFL you don't really have those exact positions; everyone rotates around. But I think yeah, when you've got sort of Fogarty's style, it really is complemented by what a Macassi could bring more than what yeah X could bring. Or a, or if we drafted too, you know, you wouldn't want to have both of those players in that forward line at the same time. So yeah. I totally agree. I, I was saying at draft time that you don't spend a pick four or six on a key position defender. You just yep. don't do it. Spending that sort of currency, it has to be you think that that player is a forward. Um, and I think he has all the traits, so I'd put him up there straight away. Yeah, if you're drafting a tall player in the first round, he's got to be a match winner. And there's, yeah. you know, as good as blokes like Daniel Talia and all that up are in defence, your match winners are are up, like your tall match winners are up forward, in my view. Unless you draft Jeremy McGovern, which is like a one in a oh, however yeah. much chance of getting a player like that in defence. I mean, yeah. they're just so rare. Whereas, you know, there's plenty of tall forwards that can have a significant influence. So, yeah, I think Josh Worrell is sort of the player that you'd earmark as, and Butts as well, sort of the... If you're going to play another tall down back, then maybe get those players in, put Marcus yep. up forward and yep. we'll see what happens. Yeah, Hamilton's another player that will, will make it down back, I reckon. Yeah, more as a third tall or running half back, I think. Running half back, I'm saying, yes. Look, there's, there's a few blokes that, that are playing for spots. Wayne Miller is another one I think we, we need to see more of. I think it's time for yeah, Junior no. to, to really step up. Um, yeah, now I'm glad you raised him because I was about to raise him because I, I think that um, Smith wants to play in the midfield. I think Smith goes back on his half-back flank and Miller goes in the midfield. It's time for no. Miller. No. Nicky, I'm glad you spoke because you're always wrong. Um, <laughs> and you've, just, you've just verified my point. He should be in the midfield. We didn't get him as our first-round draft pick to play on a half-back flank, Nicky. Where did, Andy McLeod, where did Andy McLeod play most of his career, Mac? He went no, actually he didn't play that all that. Uh, he played a lot of midfield as well, and he ended no, up. Come uh, no, come on now, come on, come on. He played a lot of time in the midfield. And he, he played also went some back time. To half back some time oh, in the middle. Don't ruin my story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fiend actually made a really great point about Miller. Oh, you yes. put him in the midfield, he's lost. Thanks, Nick. He doesn't know what to do. Well, he's got he a bloody learn. All in front of him, he needs to run at the ball. We he, need people who can explode from the centre, and he's got that. He does, but he can't do it because he actually has to go act- proactively go and get the ball. 
and he doesn't know how to do that. He's a one-way well, player, Macca. It's unfortunate, well, but he's a one-way player, and he's a dynamite off halfback. And well, I think I, I'm not arguing against that at all. But when when we actually did draft, I don't think we drafted him for that purpose. So. No, we we forward. didn't. We didn't. But I mean, we drafted him on the back of one bloody selling candy in a final. Really, let's be honest. He had a, he had a he had a big final, um, and he looked like a midfielder. But he's not. He's a he's a one way player. He's dynamite off halfback. Put Smithers in the middle. Let him play out his next two or three seasons in the middle. Uh, he was terrible in the middle last that last in that first game. Yeah, but he's also had some very good games in the middle too, Mac. Well, he only had about five touches in the last game. Well, well, look, what's wrong with rotating Miller and Smith, for example, through that midfield role, and like having a three-way oh, rotation with Dade? Happy, yeah, happy with that. Happy with that. Happy with that. Um, I, I, put Miller, I would put Miller through the wing. You rotate him with an Atkins as part of the Atkins Seedsman rotation. Oh, see, I'd, I I'd rotate Atkins with, uh, I don't know, the, the SANFL side. Um, no, there's a lot of talk that Atkins will be actually in a, playing a fair bit of midfield this oh, year. I've got no doubt about that, unfortunately. Well, you know, if he does get the ball, he's got the toe. Well, he does. Yeah, look, selection is going to be really interesting and I think the selection over the next five weeks, irrespective of results, is going to be a real insight into how the club is viewing the next, you know, uh, 24 to 36 months worth of development in the squad. Um, And I guess time will tell whether they stick with the old guard. I, I swear to God, if Bryce Gibbs gets picked, uh, Sunday night's Welcome Back show is going to be a half-hour rant about Bryce Gibbs and then probably just dead air because I'll break my microphone or something. <laughs> yeah. I look at, uh, Bryce Gibbs' for our game in that first match was disgraceful. In fact, I think he personally lost us a game. Coaches yeah. liked him, though. I know. I couldn't understand that. And that was like, oh, yeah, he did such a good game and you know, that's really what we wanted Gibbs to do. But he was shooting the ball left, right and centre. That can't possibly be what he, what they wanted him to do. Yeah, I have no idea what they're judging him on because no, <laughs> the I don't rest know. were all like, huh? I, I, I must have been I, I fell over when I saw that comment from Nixon. I thought it actually put a... A little uh, seed of doubt in my mind about Buddy Nixon. He said that made that comment yeah. because uh, you know, I, that, I, you know, I watched the replay of that game and it was horrendous. There was and, not know, one, to, one, not one decisive disposal from from Gibbs that whole game. Patrick on YouTube terrible. reckons that Gibbs should be in the forward line. I just can't see a spot for him up forward. He, he's yeah, not fast enough. Better and younger players. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think maybe. In a different team, he might be able to work up forward, but not in our team. Forward, like mid, small to mid forwards, is probably something we've got enough of without trying to shoehorn Gibbs in there. I, I just think he's done. I think he's done, particularly think- as the way this season has panned out and where we are in terms of squad development. Uh, him and we Hamill in that back line more than we need Gibbs. Absolutely. Absolutely because we've 100%. got. We've got Duday, uh, we've got Smith when he goes back there, we've got Millerer. We, we've got enough in those positions to play and they, they all play better than Gibbs. Yep. And that then allows us to also bring in a young one. Well, I think it's nothing... really... Go, on. Go ahead. 
<laughs> so I just I think it's really important that we play senior players in the half forward flank roles that we tend to the places that we've chucked in the past your Gallucci's and your your Riley Knights and those type of players. I just think such a bad place in our team for development. Hopefully, Nick's can change it up a bit coaching wise so that it's not that for players anymore. I just think that if you're going to bring a player in, you don't want them being in that position and having to run around and wave your arms around all the time. I think play, putting players like maybe giving Sloan a bit more time, then maybe putting Atkins, Seedsman, those type in that role would really allow players like instead of chucking Jones or McHenry straight up into those garbage roles a bit more influence. It's a black hole, and... half forward. Half forward is, yeah. a, is not an easy place to play and it's certainly not an easy place to rack up possessions. And you look at the young lads that we've played there, you know, Gooch was playing there and picking up seven or ten possessions, but every possession he got was gold when he was playing there. He just couldn't get enough Effective. of the ball simply because he was playing in that half, half forward black hole disaster spot. You're dead set right, Scorpus. Uh, I'd go a step further and say that if we've picked a bloke to play in the midfield, we play him in the bloody midfield. I don't want to see Chase Jones anywhere else but in the midfield rotation. You know, anywhere else is just a waste of time for his development. I mean, players like Seedsman, he's probably at a guess, what, 28? Yep. Sloan, who's been a champion for the club, but he's very unlikely to be around next time we're challenging. And these are players that should be well, like they're senior players, they should be learning the structures quickly because they've been in an AFL system, they should know all the all the tricks and everything. And those players who could not only allow a, you know, a young player to get development in the centre, but also actually have the skills and knowledge at AFL level to play half forward more effectively. Yeah, And you know, players like Seedsman definitely have the skills that, you know, you're not going to be pulling your hair out when they're trying to kick into the forward line, Ben Hart's tactics aside. So I just think it's, <laughs> it's really something that we need to be doing. And, yeah, I, I would hate to bring McHenry in as his first game and see him run around in that half-forward spot and finish up with five touches. Just, yeah, it's frustrated me for so long. I'd be willing well, to bet you McHenry a nice $1,000 video card on that, Scorpus, because I reckon McHenry's gone straight to half, straight to small <laughs> forward when he comes in. <laughs> I wasn't going to put it as bluntly as that, but yes, I, I was going to say I think that's where he's going to be. Yeah. Anyway, does anyone think we've got a chance against the uh, the pair on uh, on Saturday, Saturday uh, night? Isn't it? Yeah, Saturday I, I, Friday, I think Saturday we can do it by minus nine goals. Chance, <laughs> <laughs> donkey. What do you reckon? Yeah. Um, uh, I always think we can beat them, which is probably a flaw in my thinking. But uh, I think it's going to be a bit tough. I just don't think we've got the uh, engine in the tank. So probably minus three goals. Nick, we'll win by. I think we've got three chances. Yeah, yours, mine, and none. Fat Buckley's. Yeah, Fat Buckley's and none. Yeah. Mar- <laughs> um, margin, Nicky. Oh, I've got no idea. You know what? I kind of have to keep. Reminding myself that football starts this week, and I'm like, yeah. Scorpus, the margin. <laughs> well, I'm assuming you're going to say Port. <laughs> a Port, Port for easily, but the margin, I'd probably go Robbie Gray's involvement. He, he'll easily have 45 and you know five, six goals. Be the difference. Yeah, yeah, and Fadi makes a good point on the chat. How do we win? Who kicks the goals? I think. 
I think how we win is is an interesting point. I don't think we win the midfield. Um, we perhaps get a bit of bounce off half-back because I think our defence matches up all right. Robbie Gray aside. Um, but our forward line has just been so dysfunctional. Um, and it's going to, I think, rely on some individual brilliance from someone like Darcy to kick a bag for us to kick it anywhere near a winning score. Um, and I can't see it happening. I can't see him getting enough service. So I, I reckon Port by half a dozen goals, to be honest with you. Is Matty Wright so charge our forwards? Is he going to be in charge of our forwards on the day? I have no idea. Because I have a lot more faith in Matty Wright as a forwards coach than I do Ben Hart. And so if he's in charge, we actually definitely no, wasn't might not Isn't it Brent Riley? Uh, yeah, it might Brent- be Brent. He's doing defence. No, Brad <laughs> doing defence. Yeah, uh, do, do you know, ben this Riley. podcast is going to reflect what it's going to be like in the coaching box about five <laughs> minutes before the game. Now, what line are you doing again? Nixie, no, what are you doing? Uh, that'll be five minutes after the game, Steve. Which <laughs> line are you doing? <laughs> Who the fuck was doing the defence? I thought that was you. Oh, I, no. thought was, I thought it was Burton. I didn't know he'd gone. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, look, let's uh, let's wrap it up, boys and girls. Uh, we've talked footy for long enough now. Let's reminisce for a couple of minutes <laughs> before we piss off. It's been an epic uh, podcast to finish what has been an epic run for Tuesday Night Live. Um, I could put everyone on the spot and go around and ask people what their favourite memory was, but uh, I think that's a bit short notice. But has any, Nikki, have you got any good memories of... Of the last five years of Tuesday Night Live? Or are they all terrible? <laughs> uh, you always threatening to release me swearing. And then I just, and then we just gave up and went live and I went, oh, fuck it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though I knew my mum was listening. Sorry, mum. I've got to say the interviews. The, a couple of those ones that we, we got to do were just, I mean, that was great. And we have to thank the club. Yep. For the time that they they did that, but that was that was a lot of fun. Yep, it um, was. I won't say argue with Macca because that's just normal. Well, that's going to oh, continue. That's one, so. that's one of my highlights, actually. One of my highlights is Burton. Actually, I really did go. I used to take out my weekly frustration calling that guy a dickhead, and he was a dickhead. So <laughs> that, that's one of my highlights. How, how, one of my highlights. How long is it going to be before you stop bringing him up? Well, he's still alive, isn't he? Oh god! Yeah. And uh, and the low light was uh, the low point of the whole podcast is getting my bloody letterbox stolen in the middle of the show. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> that was my low point. No, actually, I've loved it. It's been it's been fantastic. And uh, you know, and the thing I do love is the people that chat out there. Um, as I've, as I've openly said, I'm often still their lines because they're pretty smart out there. And, uh, you know, I've got to say thank you. And, uh, well, you know, for listening to me, I've I, I mean, really enjoyed it. Uh, I've had arguments with Fiend. I've agreed with Fiend. I've had arguments with Nicky. Never agreed with Nicky. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, and, and Donk, I think he's just absolutely a classic. And, and uh, Scorpus, well, we all know he's an intelligent bloke. He really doesn't belong in this cast. And, um, no. And, and I just think it's been great fun, and I think it's going to be sad. I'll, I'll, I'll miss Tuesday Night Live. Now, Donkey, they always say that when a when a sitcom or a TV show 
is floundering and it's you know it's got through its first season or two and it's just starting to drop off the ratings they always bring in a big name to lift the ratings always bring in a big name and for us it was you mate and uh, um, unfortunately didn't have the impact that i was Oh, everyone's the funny man now. I, I didn't realise this was going to turn into a roast, but I'm happy to go. <laughs> now, look, um, uh, look, I'd really like to share my highs and lows with everybody, but um, I think everyone that's been a regular listener would know that I've been fairly trashed for most of the episodes anyway, so I can't, can't exactly remember it. But I think that Paul bloke we've had on the last few weeks has been good, but um, uh, no. Um, <laughs> Look, it was, it's been an honour to be on the show and, and to be with you and the listeners. Um, uh, oh, it's a, it's yeah. a hell of a lot of fun. I, um, you know, Macca's dulcet tones were made me listen to the cast in the first place. And, uh, uh, you know, the highs of, uh, you know, thinking we're going to get back there in 2018 to have to having the soul-crushing experience of the last two years of watching our club sort of Mm. you know, slowly cut itself open bit by bit by bit and never actually put a Band-Aid on it has been um, it's been absolutely horrific. So um, thank you, Adelaide Crows, for killing killing that part killing of me. Killing Bambi. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you've killed Bambi. Like, like, people will remember fondly how optimistic in everything I was at the start and then it's turned into my rants. But um, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spot hit on uh, Sunday Night Live, so I'm sure there'll be a bit of ranting to come. Um, and uh, look, thanks to all the guys out there that um, uh, that I chat to and 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 muck about with on the Twitters and the other things. It's uh, really uh, I'm gonna have a bit of a cry, but uh, really, uh, you know, this has been a really fun experience and uh, really proud to be on and be with this team of people, um, um, even you, Phoenix. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'd also like to thank my mum. But she's see, the uh, been, really been on this and... the shortest amount of time. It's taken yeah. the longest fucking time. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> we know that we know we know the spike in listenership that occurred when uh, when I started doing the competitions uh, long format <laughs> yeah. version. Of the competition. You know, <laughs> I could much... show you a graph that showed. <laughs> The exact point that people stop listening, <laughs> and for some reason, I always seem to coincide with when we're doing competitions. I don't know why that is. Yeah, it's now, cut steep. Now, Scorps, you went on Tuesday Night Live per se, but uh, we probably didn't get a good enough opportunity to say goodbye to you on the Thursday night show. So uh, goodbye. Um, but you know. It, Personally, for me, it was fantastic to have someone that could just hit the ground running on Thursday night um, and make it your own, and you really did make it your own, and it was something that we really couldn't replicate. I had a a few cracks at it, and in the end, I uh, just deferred to the format that you put together for Thursday night, so I do thank you for that, Um, uh, and I'll just throw over to you if you want to say anything now. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Um, Yeah, it was good to see... The cast has continued throughout this whole time. Um, yeah, done a really good job of running and everything, which has been it's been great to be on the listening side. And you know, the production stuff can get a bit annoying from every now and then, so it's just good back to sit back and listen to some stuff. But I was surprised how many people, when I sort of decided not to do the Thursday cast anymore, were 
minute they missed it. I thought there was maybe three or four listeners. Turns out there might have been more like seven or eight, which was good. So <laughs> um, it ended up ended up nicely. But maybe I'll come back a few times and do do a few Sunday spots every now and then, especially if. If uh, good old one David M gets picked a few times, I might have to oh, make yeah. a guest appearance. Yeah, we might have to just have Scorpus's rant, just a five-minute rant. Yeah, look, those are some times. It <laughs> amounted to absolutely nothing because I, I don't even – has it been three years, two or three years since I have, haven't been doing it? Still on the list. So all that, all that time was wasted, but, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day. Yeah. Yeah, now look, from my perspective, um, it's been fantastic. So, I mean, I said a fair bit last week and all I want to do really is is uh, give a massive shout-out to everyone who's supported us along the way. Uh, we've had some really good sponsors. Um, uh, Harvest on the Flurio, the strawberry farm down there was our initial sponsor and that was really good. Um, Scorpus himself has sponsored us with his YouTube channel, Hardware Unboxed. Um, we had uh, Ryan at Smith Partners Real Estate uh, give us some massive support, particularly last year, and also the boys at Down to Earth Electrical. So uh, we've had some really good support. We've had fantastic support from all our patrons on Patreon. Um, and, you know, it's every little bit has helped to keep the podcast running. Um, and we all really appreciate everyone's support. I just want to reiterate because it sounds like a bit of a uh, a bit of a funeral march, but Crowcast isn't going anywhere. Uh, all we're doing is stopping the Tuesday night live show. Um, we're definitely up and about for Sunday night from seven. What time do we start on Sunday? It's seven thirty, isn't it? Seven normally. Seven, seven is it? Seven. Oh mm. shit! Well, yeah, it used I'm to be pushed. seven, but then it kind of got pushed back depending on. Games yeah. that were going on. Sometimes yeah. it was 8.30, sometimes it was 7.30. Yeah. Check your local guides. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Sunday night show will definitely continue to be uh, very much about the weekend's round of footy. Uh, we love talking about the footy and we love analysing the footy. And I think, you know, one of the one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is maybe just stepping a little bit away from all this political crap um, and just talking about the footy. It's been far too long. Um, that being said... We will still be talking about club issues as they arise. Um, so, you know, it's not going to be a completely bland um, football analysis show. It'll have a little bit of uh, news and views along with it. So um, for everyone who's enjoyed us on Tuesday nights at Tuesday Night Live, don't forget you can catch us, uh, I don't know, 7, 7.30, something like that, on a Sunday Night Live or on demand, obviously, uh, through all the platforms that you've been listening to us so far so Crowcast certainly isn't dead Tuesday Night Live has been put into hibernation indefinitely um, but we will be back on Sunday for the return of of the weekend wrap uh, following round two to hopefully talk about a surprise win or at the very least a good showing by our kids um, following the showdown on Saturday night so uh, yeah it's not goodbye it's just goodbye from tuesday night live so donkey maca nikki scorpus thanks everyone uh for coming along tonight thank you to everyone who's uh chatted along with us this evening um we could go on for hours with reminiscing but uh quite frankly i've had enough so thanks everyone (laughs) (laughs) 
So look, thanks every thanks everybody um, for your support. I won't say it again, and uh, we'll just bow out at this point. So see you later. Yeah. Good night, all. Night, all. Yeah. See ya.